whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey there, Karen Pennington here. And I have to confess, part of the reason that I'm doing this recording every single day is it's a challenge to myself and that my claim is that you can find your story in God's Word every time you read it. And my claim is you can find some sort of grace, something that speaks to your heart that helps move you forward in the love of the Lord every day. So my challenge is, can I do that? Because if I'm telling someone else to, I want to have the integrity to do it for myself. And sometimes it kind of bites me in the butt. See, yesterday I I read this great passage in 1 Corinthians 8. It had word studies. It had some words I got to look into. I love that. I love words. And it had just this this message that I, I thought was just so appropriate nowadays to our time. And I'm... And God just led me to do something else. And I think it's because over the day I was reminded about how much I needed to own that message for my own life. And it has a little bit to do with arrogance, maybe a little, and a little bit to do with my addiction to wanting to know, or more specifically, to wanting to look smart, to wanting to get credit for what I know. And it does overtake me a little bit. I guess I I can give you an example. Last summer, we were in a small group. We had, due to COVID, we were doing church in smaller groups. We call them micro churches. And we were sitting around in our group, and I mentioned something. I had had a phrase. It's one of my catchphrases. Uh, Moments over minutes, moments over minutes. And somebody else had heard what I said and just repeated it. She wasn't trying to take credit for it or anything. She repeated it. And then someone in the group who hadn't heard me say it looked at her and go, that's amazing. How do you come up with such good sayings? And in my mind, I'm laughing. I mean, I'm laughing out loud or whatever. And in my mind, I'm going, she came up with me. That's my idea. My idea. (laughs) And it's it's still, it shouldn't bug me. It, it, it's not a big deal, but I'm going, that's, that's my idea. I'm, I'm sure it's in a book. I wrote or something or devotion. This is my idea. She got credit for it. And just a few minutes later, my husband used a phrase that I like to use. It's in my book, how God's the great recycler. I think I've mentioned it a few times on here. And there's nothing wrong with him saying that. I use phrases that other people use all the time. Who knows? Maybe I heard that from somebody else. But in my mind, I said it. So I I should get credit. Like, if someone says God's the great recycler, it should be, quote, by Karen Pennington. And so he said it, and the same person from the group, I mean, I hadn't said it that day, but how did you? And I'm like, how do you come up with it? He came up, he heard me. I came up with it. And 
I'm laughing at myself because I know this is so trivial and such little importance. And among other things, if either of those thoughts were inspired, they're not mine anyways. They're God's. So like the whole point is that God gets the credit and that people move forward. And if it's not of God, who cares if I don't get the credit? But I'm just thinking mine. My, that's me. I said, I'm, I'm the one smart enough to say that. Why are they getting credit? And, uh, I, I brought it up yesterday. Ben's like, you know, if you're just struggling with that, you need to talk about it on, on your recording. And well, then there's this third thing, something even closer to my heart. My granddaughter, she's like my favorite. Of course I love my husband and my daughter, but grandparents no. she's my favorite. And She used to be so attached to me. She still loves me. She's still very loving, but she used to be so attached to me. Like, I couldn't leave the room, but she'd be, like, on my leg and, gim, gim. And and she loved her papa so much. And But she would go be with him for a second, then she'd come back to me. Well, lately, she's crying for papa all the time. So, and I know why. It's because... Every time she sees Papa, we go to get ice cream with her. She goes, Kim, Kim. She'll go in. She'll go, Papa, Papa, Papa. And then as soon as you go in the car and say, we're going to get Papa, she'll go, Kim, Kim, which means we're going to get ice cream. So basically, my, my feeling is she loves her Papa most now, not more than her mom. She's allowed to love her mom and dad most, but she likes him better than me now because he gives her ice cream. Well, ice cream was my idea. I was the one that said, let's get ice cream with her. He said, do you, do you, can you think she can handle a cone? I'll sit in the back. So I sit in the back with her, but because she saw him buying the ice cream cone and taking it and handing it to me to give to her, she associates Papa with ice cream now. So I'm jokingly, obviously, jokingly, you stole my, you stole her love from me. And everything's fine. Everything's fine. But still, there's that little part, same little part of me that said, I said that. Why did they get credit? It's like, ice cream's my idea. She should love me best. And now she loves you best. And I'm like, you stole her love. And he's laughing at me. And again, he says, you probably need to talk about this somewhere. Talk about it on the show or whatever if you're <laughs> having a problem. But there, there's that thing. And, and it's funny. And you can laugh at me. And obviously, this is a silly way of showing that I still struggle with pride. I still struggle with wanting to look smart, wanting to get the credit. And even though I say, and I really believe God should get all the glory and it doesn't matter if everything I do is showing up to the world. There are these little times where I'm like, you took my idea. You stole my intellectual property (laughs) and I can justify it by saying, I want to write. And if people don't know I'm the writer, I, not gonna ever make any money off of it I want to speak if people don't know the words came from me who will ever listen and those are great little justifications but it really goes back to something that Paul said to the Corinthians and uh, for those who'd been listening over the past couple weeks you've probably deciphered that um, my devotions are in the book of Corinthians right now and and first Corinthians so we had people who were really smart and were in this metropolitan city who were had some degrees and some pedigree and it was getting in the way because they were leaning on that instead of the grace of God. Paul starts off the book of Corinthians by saying, listen, the message of the cross, it's foolishness to those who don't believe. 
I'm preaching a stumbling block. I'm spe- I'm preaching what the world sees as foolishness. So basically, sometimes you got to get comfortable with looking foolish or not getting credit. If you're going to... Jesus isn't about you getting credit or looking smart. And sometimes you won't. And I'm looking again. He hits it again in 1 Corinthians 8. And he's talking about an issue that doesn't really plague us today. But back then it was about meat sacrificed to idols. Should you eat it? Should you not eat it? And he talks about the difference there. And really the identifying factor and whether or not you should do certain things is not necessarily about how much you know or how much you studied. I mean, those, those can be great, but those, those are lesser. The thing that's more important is that aspect of love. And he, he really hits on knowledge. Um, Chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3, he mentions knowledge six times. Then he comes back to it another three times. So within 11 verses, he says this word for knowledge nine times. And the word is gnosko. Now, the word gnosko means, it can mean knowledge, but it's not to know something, not in the sense of, I have heard of that. I know 2 plus 2 is 4. You know, I, I know that. The president's name, you know, it's not just an awareness of it. It's really an intimate familiarity with something. And what the Corinthians were going for was an intimate familiarity with facts and figures and intelligence. And what Paul was saying is we need an intimate familiarity with God. We need an intimate familiarity with love. The other word that shows up a few times is love. Uh, It's agape love. It's the perfect love. It's not the cheap love. It's not the lustful love. It's not the I like you because you like me or because I think you're cute love. This is the no matter what love. And he says in verse 8-1, knowledge puffs, puffs up, but love builds up. So knowledge makes us look and feel bigger than we are. Knowledge without love, when we're just thinking about, oh, I know that, I should know that, then all of a sudden, like me in that, with my granddaughter, or in that little microchurch group, when the focus is on knowledge, it's, wait a second, I feel bigger than that. You know, you just said something. I should get the credit. And it makes me feel like I'm bigger than I am. It makes me feel like I should get more credit than I should. Because when I'm just pursuing mastering an awareness of something, then it's still about me. But he said, love builds up. So (laughs) instead of being a cheese puff... (laughs) I don't want cheese puff faith, you know. I don't want the faith where it looks really big and maybe inviting, but it's cheese puffs are just a bunch of air filled with fattening stuff. I I don't want that. I don't want the fat and to be filled with hot air. I want to be filled with substance. I want to be filled with God. And it says later on in 1 Corinthians 8, 3, whoever loves God is known by God. Now, every other place it's talking about what we know, what we know, what we know, what we know, what we know. And in this verse, it's talking about who knows us? And again, knowledge here isn't just an awareness because 
I mean, God knows everything. If we're talking about that, God knows everything about everyone, about everything, every iota, every ion, every atom. When we're talking about known, this word again in Greek, um, gnosko, it's an intimate awareness. It is the same word that is used when you're married and a man, or hopefully when you're married, and when a man knows a woman intimately, that it it's about this intimate awareness. When we're knowing just to know about God, when we're knowing just to master God, when we're knowing just to say, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. We get some head knowledge, we get some tools, but spiritually we become well, spiritual Cheetos, spiritual cheese puffs. We, we see ourselves as bigger than we are when really there's no substance there. But the key in anything of faith is not really to master, but to be mastered. It's not, I know everything there is to know about God. I've learned it. I've studied it. I have an Ivy League degree in all the information. You know, Satan would have a PhD in knowledge about God. That's why he's so good at twisting it. it it's not just about that, but to be mastered by God, to be known for God to say to us, that is our child. And that applies to so many things. And I have to tell you this morning, I am saying this to myself I'm laughing at myself. I am repenting of my need to look good. And but it's all of us. It's it's not about have I mastered the word of God? It's, has the master the word of God mastered me? It's not about have I do I own my husband's heart? That's not I mean that's not even love if you're going after someone and it's just about getting them to feel a good way about you. But when they've mastered you, when you're just like, I think, I just, I wake up and I see their smile and I know what they're thinking and I just, I want to do that thing that makes them happy and I've been around them enough that I know what makes them happy and I just live to feel connected with this person. that I, I lived it. And when your first thing in the morning isn't, Okay, God, these are all things I need you to do for me. Not that you can't ask. God, how do I serve you this morning? God, you, you've entered me. You've mastered me. There's, it's hard to explain it unless you feel it, unless you know it. There's the word know again. It's hard to explain it with words out of that intimate awareness, but there is a freedom in being mastered by God's awareness of us. So in 1 Corinthians 8, they're talking about this thing. Should we eat food sacrificed to idols or not? And he said, that's not even the question. Some of us can do it. And some of us have an awareness that the idols aren't in there so we can praise the Lord and do it. But some of us are still feeling guilty because we haven't done all this Harvard study or all this Ivy League study and we don't have a full awareness of the fact that it's possible to eat meat sacrificed to idols, but not to 
worship those idols, that we can worship God because that, that mean is God's meaning. But so we can know that. We can have that awareness of it. But if we do it in front of somebody who can't do it with a good conscience, then we're hurting them. And at that point, our knowledge, oh, I can do this. Our knowledge is causing somebody else to stumble. Love is a source of all true knowledge. Love trumps knowledge. Love trumps knowledge. To be known by God always trumps knowing God. To receive and live out of the awareness and the intimacy that we receive as an overflow of the Lord's love that's better and more appropriate than trying to reach the Lord, climb up a mountain, we'll never talk. We'll never reach God with our own knowledge or with our own ability. But we can receive and live out of that abundance. And if that isn't grace, I don't know what is. Oh, Lord Jesus, as, as I talk every morning, I, I confess how much I have left to receive from you. I confess I, I get so addicted to what I can do and so defeated when I can't do it. Sometimes I see these words in scripture and I hear how they can help others, but God, I, I need this today. I want to know you, God. I want to be known by you, God, in a more intimate way. Forgive me for wanting to look smart all the time and that becoming more important than wanting to just share your grace. There's a lot of it for everyone, God. Help us all today. Help us as we seek out you that we're seeking your presence. Help us to receive whatever wisdom and insight you would give us and gratitude as not the final goal, but as a stepping stone of grace to reach fuller and fuller into your presence and in your love, Lord Jesus. And may we live by your love, even beyond our knowledge and understanding, because we can do that because you're in us and you can work past our own weaknesses, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends.